Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Andrew Fracknoy will join us to discuss the coming eclipse. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science show. Well, educators say the time to prepare kids for the eclipse that's crossing America. So on August 21st means that half the kids may be in school, half out of school, and some districts may be canceling classes altogether to see this event of the decade. Well, joining us today to talk about the coming eclipse and uh, the best ways of observing it is uh, Dr. Andrew Fracknoy. Dr. Fracknoy is an award-winning science educator known for his skills in interpreting astronomical discoveries and ideas into everyday language. He's currently the chair of the astronomy department at Foothill College near San Francisco. He has been active in the Astronomical Society Eclipse Task Force, the Astronomical Society of the Pacific, and a fellow of the California Academy of Sciences. He even has an asteroid named after him, Asteroid Fragnoi. He is the author, along with Dennis Schatz, of the new book, When the Sun Goes Dark, published by the National Science Teachers Association, which uh, helps to prepare kids uh, and parents and grandparents for the uh, coming eclipse. And Dr. Fragnoi, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Pleasure to be with you. Uh, certainly our pleasure. Certainly a fascinating event that's about to happen here, the uh, the solar eclipse, uh, which I think uh, everyone by now has heard a lot about. I'm curious just how rare of an event is it to have an uh, eclipse crossing the U.S.? Well, the last time that a total eclipse of the sun crossed the United States was 1918, so 99 years ago. Um, and what makes this, I think, especially exciting is that this will be the first U.S. total eclipse of the Internet age. So, so many more people will know about it. So many more people will want to see it. It may turn out to be the most observed eclipse ever. What's the path of the eclipse going to be like? Well, so for our listeners, just to fully understand what's happening here is that the moon is getting exactly in front of the sun. And that specific lineup is visible only over a path that's 60 or 70 miles wide. That dark shadow path will cross the United States, starting on a beach in Oregon and moving diagonally across the country until it leaves us uh, from a beach in South Carolina. And if you're lucky enough to be in that 60 to 70 mile wide path, you will see the moon getting directly in front of the sun and the day turning into night. The stars will come out. Uh, it will be an eerie sense of hush over the landscape. And then the beautiful but very faint atmosphere of the sun will become visible. This is something we don't usually get to see, and it's quite beautiful in the dark sky that the eclipse has produced. So that's for the total eclipse path. 
Everywhere else in the United States, in fact, everywhere in North America, we will see a partial eclipse of the sun, which means that the moon won't completely cover the sun, but it'll take a big bite out of the sun. And uh, a place like Washington, D.C. will have 81% of the sun covered by the moon. In San Francisco, where I am, uh, 76% of the sun will be covered. So this will be quite a spectacular partial eclipse of the sun. Why is it that these eclipses don't uh, happen more frequently? I mean, the moon is always going around the Earth. Uh, why is it uh, this particular lineup is occurring now? Yes, that's an excellent question. So you would think that since the moon goes around us every month or, or month as we pronounce it now, um, you would have an eclipse every time the moon and the sun are in the same neighborhood. But it turns out the moon's orbit is tilted by about five degrees relative to all the other orbits that are of concern to us. We all have relatives like this who are tilted a little bit compared to everybody else in the family, so you may know this feeling. And because the moon is tilted in this way, most of the time when the moon and the sun are in the same place in the sky, the moon is either above the sun or below the sun, and you don't get an eclipse. But during those times when the orbit of the moon uh, crosses the orbit of the Earth around the Sun. When the two orbits are in the same plane briefly, then you have what we call eclipse season. And that happens every six months or so. So every six months, the moon's orbit is, is sort of in the same plane as the sun's orbit, as, as our sun orbit around the sun. And so we can get either an eclipse of the sun or an eclipse of the moon or both. And that's what's going to happen on August 21. We're going to be in this what's called the node of the two orbits, and so the moon can exactly cover the sun. But even when this happens roughly every six months, it doesn't mean it's going to happen over the same place. And our listeners should bear in mind that two-thirds of the Earth's surface is water, so on average, the most likely place that a total eclipse dark spot might be visible would be over the ocean or some uninhabitable, uninhabitable island. So it's really quite nice that this time it's a democratic eclipse that comes right over the United States, right over one of the most populated places on Earth, and everybody gets to see this very nice effect. So how long is the eclipse going to last for those in its path? Well, so this is the bad news. This, it's a rather short eclipse as eclipses go. Eclipses can last as much as almost seven minutes, but this one is only about two and a half minutes in most locations. So uh, if you're going to be in that path, uh, make sure you, you don't use those two minutes for anything else except looking at the beautiful sky. And In fact, that's, if I had any advice for people who are going to see their first total eclipse, uh, the, most, the best advice I can probably give you is don't fiddle with equipment. Don't try to take a photograph. Don't worry about anything else except experiencing it. People who have seen total eclipses say that it's really one of the most beautiful, one of the most moving things they've ever seen. And the best thing is just to take it in with all your senses, to share it with the people around you. There'll be lots of people taking pictures, some of them professionally, and there'll be pictures all over the web. Uh, if you're a first-time eclipse watcher, just try to experience the beauty of it. What's the best way to be observing the eclipse then? So now here's the important part. Any time that the sun is showing, it's dangerous to stare at the sun. 
Normally, when there's no eclipse, we don't do that. If we take a quick look at the sun, it hurts and we look away. But sometimes during eclipses, your astronomical enthusiasm can overwhelm your common sense. And so we want to emphasize for all your listeners that it's really important not to stare at the sun with your unprotected eyes. Uh, it's possible to look at the sun if you're wearing what we call eclipse glasses. These are relatively inexpensive paper glasses, which have a special filter in front of your eyes that cut out most of the visible light and the ultraviolet light of the sun and make the sun safe to look at. And these eclipse glasses are going to be everywhere. Uh, I'm part of a project uh, where we've gotten funding from the Moore Foundation and from the company called Google uh, to distribute 2 million eclipse glasses free of charge through public libraries nationwide. So anyone who needs a pair of eclipse glasses, probably your first call should be to your local public library. Ask if they're part of the StarNet project of distributing eclipse glasses. If they're not, uh, then check out some stores in the area. Many chains are carrying safe, reliable, certified eclipse glasses. Among them are Walmart, uh, Toys R Us, uh, some supermarket chains, uh, hardware chains like Lowe's, uh, science museums in your area will certainly be carrying glasses. Many college and university bookstores are stocking up on these glasses. So take a minute before August 21 and make sure that you, your family, your friends have access to these safe viewing glasses, and then make sure you have them on anytime any part of the eclipse, any part of the sun is showing. The only time it's safe to take these glasses off is when you're experiencing the total eclipse. If you're in that path and you see the eclipse during those two minutes, it's perfectly safe to look with your eyes. And in fact, you're encouraged to, to look with your eyes and see how beautiful the faint atmosphere, this halo around the sun is. But everybody else should be using these glasses. Now, what if you don't have access to these glasses or they've run out everywhere where you've looked? Well, here are two ways that you might still see the partial eclipse without having the glasses. My favorite is to take a colander, uh, the, the thing that you wash fruits and vegetables in, and bring it with you to go outside during the time of the eclipse. Uh, stand with your back to the sun Hold this colander over your shoulder. All the holes in the colander will act like little pinhole projectors. And on the sidewalk in front of you, you will see many images of the sun with a big bite taken out of it. And since that's visible to everyone, you'll be the hero of your neighborhood, showing everybody what the eclipse looks like uh, through the pinhole projection effect of the colander. A uh, second way to do this is to get a mirror, a hand mirror or a woman's compact mirror, cover up most of it with cardboard, leaving a hole about the size of a dime. And use that tiny mirror, that hole in the mirror, uh, to project an image from the sun onto a wall. Now, this is something you don't want to do for the first time on August 21. You want to go out the weekend before August 19th and 20th with your covered mirror with a little hole in it and just practice because it takes a little practice to do this. But if you hold your mirror about halfway between the sun and some wall, then you can 
learn to project an image of the sun onto the wall, and you'll see very clearly on the wall a nice image of the, of the regular sun on August 19th and 20th, and then the eclipse sun on August 21st. And again, people around you will be very grateful if you've practiced this and have a way of showing them the eclipse sun as well. Be prepared and practice early here. That's right. That's right. And again, the best thing is to try to get a pair of these relatively inexpensive paper glasses. Uh, the main thing to look for is that they're certified. On the back, there should be a certification that says they meet certain standards. Eye doctors have set standards for us about what kind of material will keep our eyes safe. And it's important to get one of those certified glasses. And most of the places I've mentioned, uh, like the libraries and like the chain stores, have bought them from reliable sources and they're perfectly safe to use. We did mention earlier you have a, a new book out, especially for uh, for kids, uh, entitled When the Sun Goes Dark. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and uh, what uh, parents and uh, kids can learn from the book? Well, thank you for asking. Yes, this is a, a book we published through the nonprofit National Science Teachers Association. And it's already in its third printing, in fact, some of that printing has run out. So we're telling people if you want to get this book for kids, the best place to go is directly to the publisher's website. If you go to nsta.org forward slash eclipse, uh, that's the best place to get it. But this is an illustrated book where we've... Uh, told the story of a pair of grandparents who are eclipse chasers. There are people who try to go to wherever the eclipse spot is visible every six months, and we call these people eclipse chasers. Uh, so there are some grandparents who are eclipse chasers, and they are telling their grandkids all about this eclipse and other kinds of eclipses. And as part of the illustrated story in the book, When the Sun Goes Dark, we've also suggested some fun activities that families can do before the eclipse, just using everyday materials in their home uh, to get kids ready and, and fully understanding what's happening. Uh, so, for example, if you are in your living room at night and you darken the, 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 the room except for one light bulb, you can use that light bulb as a model sun, get a tennis ball, which you can use as a model moon, and then your kid's head can be the earth, and you can actually simulate what happens during an eclipse, that the tennis ball gets in front of the light bulb sun and produces an eclipse on your kid's head. And so when kids play around with these kinds of materials, then they're much more clear on what's happening, and they can uh, go into August 21 with a much better understanding. Or if kids, a lot of kids are not going to be in school that day, they're just going to be with their families. So this book gives families a way to read and talk about what an eclipse is and, and get the whole family ready for the experience. It's called When the Sun Goes Dark. So I'm sure uh, the whole family can uh, take something out of that. Well, I'm curious, we're running slightly out of time. Maybe have some uh, final words regarding the eclipse, preparing for the eclipse, and you can expect. Well, so uh, the biggest issue that we haven't talked about yet is weather. Uh, it's often cloudy in August in various locations. So one of the things that you should factor into your planning is to get good weather reports for Monday, August 21 at the time of the eclipse. And if the location you're in is cloudy or foggy, uh, then perhaps it's a good time to think about a different location for August 21. 
the maybe the final thing I'll say then is that what happens if you miss this eclipse? What happens if it's if the weather is not right or you have a mean boss who won't let you go outside during eclipse time on August 21? Well, the good news is the United States is going to have another total eclipse crossing the country in just seven years. Uh, by a wonderful coincidence, there will be another total eclipse April 8th, 2024. Uh, so put that on your social calendar now. If you missed this one or you didn't get to go, the eclipse was total this time around. You have plenty of time to plan ahead for April 8th, 2024, when there'll be another kind of all-American U.S. crossing eclipse. Oh, boy. Well, it's going on my calendar right now. And, and if we miss that one, uh, are we out of luck? Yeah, then it's going to be a while before you get another one. <laughs> okay. That's right. So you got to get this one or the next one. Fair enough, then. All right. Well, I do want to thank our guest today, uh, Dr. Andrew Fracknoy, also the author of a book, When the Sun Goes Dark, with uh, Dennis Schatz, preparing for the, the next eclipse here. And uh, Dr. Fracknoy, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Always a lot of fun to be on with you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.